Blog Talk Radio.
Fight On. Good afternoon. God bless you. To all of our listeners, you are, have just tuned in to Global Gospel. I'm your host, Reverend Lamar Townsend, and we are excited to share with you on this Saturday afternoon. As you know, we're here every Saturday from 1 p.m. until 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time at www. Dot blogtalkradio.com slash global hyphen gospel. That's www.blogtalkradio.com slash global hyphen gospel. Tell your family, tell your friends, tell your neighbors to listen in with you. Our call-in number is 619-924-0800. 619-924-0800. And we will open up the lines a little later for you all to uh, share with us. Again, we don't own the rights to any of the music that you hear today, but we pray that everything uh, that you hear is a blessing to your life. We shout out all of you, our listeners uh, in New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, Connecticut, Delaware, Maryland, Virginia, California, Illinois, Florida, uh, Carolinas, wherever you are, we thank you for uh, joining in with us today. Canada, the West Indies, uh, South America, Africa, Europe, Asia, thank God for you, you and you. Continue to listen in, Asia, continue to listen in and be blessed. Uh, we want you to know that um, we are, uh, we have some, are syndicated, uh, all our shows are archived. And certainly we are syndicated on Google Play, Apple iTunes, and Spotify. So you can listen on any of those platforms at any time. We want you to uh, check out our uh, social media pages. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. We're on Twitter. We are on Tumblr. So uh, check for us on those uh, sites. Uh, send us a friend request. If you go to our Facebook page our Tumblr page, or our Twitter page, there is a direct link to our episodes, and all you have to do is click and listen. We want to thank God for our sponsors, MPT Enterprise, Abyssinia, Honor Die Suites, Nationwide Black Family Mediation Services. Thank God for you, you and you. Thank God for our listeners, the Norman family, the Stevenson family, the Townsend family, uh, Thank God for uh, all those that are listening. Uh, uh, Nancy, uh, thank God for uh, Deaconess McCoy uh, listening in. Shout out to uh, Hempstead, Long Island. Shout out Oyster Bay. Uh, wherever you are, uh, thank God for all of you. Continue to listen and Listen, if you need to contact us, you can contact us at P.O. Box 5331, that is in Hempstead, New York, where our zip code is 11550. If you'd like to email us, email us at globalgospel17 at gmail.com. We want to hear from you. Again, thank you for tuning in. For those that are joining us for the first time, you may not be sure. Also, the Cox family, uh, uh, those uh, 
everyone that's listening. Uh, those of you that have tuned in for the first time, our theme scripture is Second Corinthians chapter four, verse three. It simply says, "But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, and whom the God of this world." Have blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. We want you to know that if the gospel is hid, it is only hid to them that are lost. So we don't want you to be lost today, but we want you to hear the gospel. We want you to receive the gospel. We want you to apply the gospel to your life and live thereby. What is the gospel? The gospel is good news. It is the power of God unto salvation. The gospel is for the rich, the poor, the black, the white. Uh, it is for those that are down and out, those that are depressed, those that are suicidal, uh, those that have no hope. The gospel is here on today to heal you, to deliver you, to save you, and to set you free. It is all because Christ came. And he lived for us and he died for us. And today we have life and we have it more abundantly because of Jesus Christ and the power of his blood. So we thank you for sharing with us uh, just these few minutes on today. Uh, certainly we do have a special uh, guest lined up for today. And certainly we have some uh, awesome music to uh, share with you in this next hour, uh, but we just want you to continue to stay tuned. He knows your name. Just listen to this.
special guest. Good afternoon. Thank you so much for having me. Appreciate it. How are you today? Doing great, man. You know, it's always great to be at home on a Saturday. Feels good. <laughs> that is true. Uh, so for those of you listeners, uh, if you perhaps didn't catch that voice, uh, tell our listeners who you are. Well, I'm Pastor Stanislaus, Greg Stanislaus from, uh, St. John Baptist Church of Inwood, and that's uh, for Henry Street uh, in Long Island. And I've been there. This is my 24th year being there. So we're excited. Even through this COVID, COVID and pandemic, we're still excited. Awesome. So we thank you, uh, Reverend Pastor Gregory Stanislaus, uh, for sharing with us on this Saturday afternoon. And we know that you have a very uh, busy schedule, and uh, it's awesome that you had a few minutes just to share with us um, and we oh, thank you for that um so you uh you've been at st john uh for 24 years but um by profession and 
um, well, uh, today our topic is uh, impact. And so we're going to talk about uh, impact on several def- different levels, which uh, Reverend Stanislaus is very capable of doing. And by call, uh, he let us know that he is pastor, uh, but by profession, he is an educator. And so tell us a little bit about uh, Mr. Stanislaus, the educator. Well, I, I, I started at a school in uh, 1986. I was, you know, just doing the day-to-day subbing, and I stayed at the same school, went from uh, that to being the science teacher. I did that for a couple of years, moved into being the dean and then being the assistant principal. And then in 2018, I became, I, uh, fulfilled the role as principal as my, my principal had to go away for a year. So I, I took on the role as principal. And then this year, which is my last year, I'm, I'm an assistant principal again. Uh, as we go through this whole diversity uh, plan and integration plan of the public school systems in New York. And so I've been there. This is my 35th year and uh, still excited, except uh, during the COVID, this is a very different, a lot of remote meetings, you know, schools being closed down, we're going through a lot of different things, but uh, there's still a lot to talk about in terms of how this uh, pandemic has impacted so many students and teachers, you know, alike, and the whole system has shifted and changed, just as as churches have changed or would have to make adjustments even post-COVID, so uh, yeah, that's been my profession (laughs) for 35 years, but it's still, to me, I tell you the truth, Reverend, it was always like a ministry to me, you know, uh, because when I first started out, I, before I went to St. John, I was at a church in Bethel Baptist Church, in, in which was only maybe a mile away from the school that I was okay. at. And so I met so many of the students in the school. As a matter of fact, one of the ministers in my church now, I met him when he was 14. He's now in his, in his 40s, you know. So we started a ministry at Bethel Baptist Church where I was the youth pastor over there for nine years before going to uh, St. John. And we had a magnificent youth ministry because a lot of the kids came from the neighborhood. I was in the neighborhood, in the school. And on a Friday night, it wouldn't be strange to have 75, 80 kids sitting around in what we call a rap session, just discussing uh, issues about the word of God and doing things in a community. So, you know, to be in a place for 35 years in a community, I've taught the parents, and now I have the kids, and if I stayed any longer, I'll have the grandkids, so I guess that, <laughs> <laughs> I've come to that, that, that end, almost, yeah. Wow, that's that's an awesome uh, testimony and story, and certainly, um, you do have, when you, people don't realize when working with young people is a ministry, what, whatever area of life, um, and everybody cannot work with young people, everybody cannot relate to young people, everybody can't talk to them. Everybody can't chastise them. So that is that in itself is definitely a call. And you yourself are from Brooklyn, correct? Born and raised in East New York, Brownsville. <laughs> <laughs> Van Dyke Houses, four nineteen, apartment ten G. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we got Brooklyn in the house today. So, so um, it is awesome that you uh, you know stayed with your community and continue to be you know a blessing to. Uh, the young people um, where, um, you know, you, they, you want sat where they sat. And so that um, in itself, when you are able to uh, relate to the community, uh, that takes education to a whole nother level, but that, that's another story. But, uh, but uh, so uh, 
we're in the midst of uh, what has been labeled as uh, pandemic season and uh, remote learning and uh, just a different way of teaching and learning. And how has that, uh, how has your life changed and how's the lives of students changed? Well, you know, uh, for me, you know, the being in the building with 1,150 students is what I became used to over the years. And so now with the blended learning, you have on average maybe with two cohorts now, we have a cohort A and a B, on average you have maybe 200 students ranging from, let's say, 180 to 200 students a day. And so they don't walk, (laughs) they don't go to different classes. They stay in the same room. There's maybe a maximum of, of seven in a room, and the teachers actually go into their classes to teach the, the courses. So it's it's totally different. Now, the other half of the school, for the most part, is actually on remote. And that's, for me, where the challenge is is totally challenged because um, most of our black and brown students and parents have, for some reason, you know, they have their own reasons, they've chosen to uh, – to be remote and based on the technology they may have or may not have, or the, uh, I guess the willpower to be able to get up when mom and dad may have to go to work. This is middle school and, and get online, you know, not just check in and keep the cameras off and not really do the work. And so we're seeing a lot of uh, falling off in the educational process. We do students not really being as engaged as they should be. You know, so uh, that's one of the challenges, one of the concerns that I have, that when we get back to something that seems normal, let's say in September it's back full, full load of students going to school, something that the education system has to adjust to make sure that students who have pretty much missed almost a, 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 an intense year of education have to be brought back up to that speed, you know, and that's it's not just in um, – Brooklyn. It's all over the city. It's all over the country, really. So there's uh, a lot of work to be done. So it's a concern that I have. You know, technology, students without technology, they're trying to supply them with the technology, and then it's the Wi-Fi and all the stuff that goes into it. And then in addition to that, there's the food, you know, that we don't really look at. But children are, you know, a lot of children depended on the breakfast and the lunch at schools to, to eat. And so although we make it available that parents can actually come and pick up the food, it's, it's still not, you know, being, uh, I guess, utilized as much. So we have food deserts. We have children who are dealing with that too, you know. So it, it's a great challenge, and there's a lot of other things that are, that are being uh, – that are challenging to us as educators, you know. And then schools, whether they, they admit this or not – you know, you get two incidents uh, of COVID in a school, then the school is closed down for 24 hours, 48 hours, or up to 10 days, and then we go back again. So it's a constant switch. Just when you start to get used to the flow again, the school can be closed down, and then you go total remote for the entire building, and then you then they switch again, and then the other part will go back to blend it. It's it's a great challenge. Teachers are doing the very best they can. I, I, I commend them for the great work they're doing, but it's, it's a great challenge. Wow. Mm-hmm. And so, and so in, in a year into this, uh, what would you uh, say to the parents and the students and certainly the educators that are dealing with this? 
Well, you know, uh, <laughs> three groups, parents, teachers, and, and students. It, you know, it's important because we're all, we're really all in this together. And Lamar, what I'm seeing is, you know, when we first, we first went on remote, it was like, okay, maybe a couple of weeks, you know, wow, it's kind of exciting. A week, this is going to blow over. And then this week marked a year that we right. were out of the building under the normal circumstances and also in the church. Because when we went remote in school, I went remote in the church. I was following that CDC guidelines for the church also, and thank God mm-hmm. for that. But um, we're not dealing with the mental stress that's on a lot of students. Just not being able to socialize with their friends and, and have that those relationships have really made an impact. And I see it because when I walk around the building, students are sitting there with their mask on, and it is really – they're talking about the topic, but they're not really relating to each other like they used to. And so that social dynamic has, uh, has suffered. And I'm, I get a lot of calls from parents uh, concerned about their child, you know, falling into depression. And if you look across the city, the um, suicide rate has increased dramatically wow. with students. And that's, that's a great concern, you know. Uh, we don't really hear about of, that. No, I know, but at the age of twelve, feeling like the world is better off without me. How 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 do you get to that? You know, so it's uh, and that's real. We had one one incident in our school. The impact is great. It impacts everybody because you know you see a student one day, then the next day is uh, they made a, a decision to do that, and it just hurts everyone. So it's a mental strain, and and teachers are under a lot of strain. You know, they have their own children at home and they're trying to do a remote with them at the same time, teach remotely. And they they have not left the house. And, <laughs> you know, so parents, teachers and students are really looking to get back. And now so the weather is shifting and you're starting to see a lot of students, although they're not in school, they're remote school, they're outside and they're playing ball and there's no mask on. And they're, they're, they're connecting that way. And that can be another surge if we're not careful. So it's like this vicious cycle, although people are getting vaccinated and I'm sure that will eventually make the impact, but you know, there's still a lot of concern going on. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so, and you mentioned um, the emotional uh, effect that this is having um, on this, on the students. And um, uh, that's so important that, um, we do keep each other encouraged. I was, uh, I ran into a classmate at the gym and they, and we were having a conversation and, uh, he mentioned, he said, not social distance, physical distance, um, because, you know, it's just a play on, it's a play on words, but actually it Mm -hmm. could be a play on our mind as well. And so we do have to remember that that separation should be physical and not social as we comply to, whatever rules are set in place. Yeah. You know, and maybe over the next six months, if this continues, that may become the norm because now you, you go on meetings on uh, zoom and you have classrooms on zoom, you have service on zoom. And so you see people and that's the mind itself is, you know, neuroplastic. It starts to adjust to that. And that almost seems like, okay, this is the way it is. This is the normal thing. But for the, for the children, for the, for children, they uh, that physical to some degree is social. You know, they they can but so much connect on the on the Zoom and talk to their friends. 
They want to be there physically. And for them, the physical means this is my social interaction. And that could be dangerous because they are interacting without the mask and fooling around with each other, having fun with each other, you know, doing, going out and doing things. And this, this virus is alive and kicking still, you know? Right. Right. Um, so that, that is, that is certainly a lot um, that, that we have to um, keep in mind. And as you talk about, um, you went while the school, the world was uh, shutting down as we know it. Um, the church was shutting down as we know it as well. And I, I always say, um, you know, when I talk to people, I said um, in March, I think it was what was the second Sunday or third Sunday. I said it was like the last Sunday. Every we all went to church, um, you right. know, as a as collectively, like on a large scale. I mean, some people continue to stay open and practice uh, certain guidelines, or you know, everybody in their own individual. But at, on a large scale, after whatever Sunday that was in March, the 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 world changed, uh, and the the body of Christ experienced some changes as well. And right. so, uh, how have you been navigating through that? Well, You've got to be honest. You know, something we had in place uh, before, a couple of years before the COVID, we have a prayer service every single morning from 5.50 to 6 o'clock. It's a quick Bible lesson, uh, an inspirational read, and a prayer. And, and we do that also on Saturdays, and I, I kind of continued it on Sundays at 8 o'clock. And for the most part, it's amazing that the churches really stay together. And, um, you know, we have Zoom calls, we have meetings, you know, I have special programs going on for people, workouts. I even had um, uh, hired someone to come and do workouts and, on, on Zoom for people to work out their bodies and stuff. So, you know, it, it's been different times. I believe that all things work together for good. You know, even terrible situations, and we're coming out of a terrible situation, but actually giving people time to regroup, so to speak, kind of shopping the act. Because in ministry, we're always, we all, we're always at it. Very few moments can you really take just to reflect, totally reflect. And this, um, this time over the last year has really caused that. And I kind of like what Howard Thurman said in, in, in one of his books. He said that it's like a crisis and a storm. And after the storm, when you walk out, you see all the branches on the on the ground that fell from the trees because the storm has the ability to clean up the tree, kind of get rid of some of the things you don't need. And so during this pandemic, we're, you, well, I, for me, just reevaluating how we do service, how we minister to people, how we have meetings, you know, how we utilize the, the church itself, the, the building itself, because the people are the church. And so I've been really reformulating and rethinking different ministries, ministries that need to be put in place, some ministries mm-hmm. that longer are viable, you know, they, they became traditional, but they're not viable for this generation. And uh, even how we um, witness to people, you know, we have a goal, we want them to accept Christ, but at the same time overlooking some of the needs that they may have, have immediately. And if those immediate needs aren't met, very few people want to hear what you have to say and the ultimate need that they, they have, you know. So we're re- I'm really rethinking all of this, and, and I'm excited. I'm excited. We're going to have a Resurrection Sunday service. That's our first time we'll be back, and then we're going to take a week off and then have 
skip a weekend and come back for um, in in house service. But we'll we'll continue to have the virtual services. And I'm doing that just to see if there's a surge, and I'm monitoring that closely in the Inwood area to make sure that people are safe. We've been blessed, Lamar, that we have not lost any members due to COVID directly in our church. And I think it's because it was shut down so early. And, um, it, it, you know, I know some churches continue for a while, and it has impacted many uh, congregations, and we pray for them. But, uh, you know, mindful of science, as a science teacher myself and CDC, we just uh, held to that. And people have really come together and begin serving each other in different ways in the community. I mean, no one has gone hungry. No one has gone without clothes. You know, people have need for medicine. We've been able to raise money for that. So God has really been good and partnershiping with all the different places in the community. We are now in partnership with something called the Community Coalition, which is made up of rabbis and um, uh, imams and people, different people from different religions to see what we can do for the five towns. And then the five towns community center have a, a pantry now and, uh, the, the new PALS program, and we're partnering, we're partnering with them, and you know, just, we're really all serving the same people. So we're, we're doing the very best we can, and I'm excited by the work that has come out of this experience, you know, and I look forward to getting back to it. <laughs> in a way. Great, awesome. We we are, we are learning and growing at the same time, and we we have all types of our emotions in the past year have been all over the place, you know. Yeah, uh, had, yeah, had some highs, some lows, some some losses, and some gains, and uh, it's, it's definitely a, it, our all lives have been impacted in some Absolutely. type of way, and um, we have to uh, continue to uh, love our brothers and sisters uh, through all of this. Um, I think we should probably uh, take a break now. I know that there's quite a few people listening. And um, they perhaps uh, may have some questions or comments or concerns. Um, we talked about uh, school. We talked about church. Uh, we didn't talk about family, but when we come back, we'll talk about the family. And uh, <laughs> All right. and, <laughs> and uh, Reverend Stanislaus, uh, for those of you that have never heard him, he's an awesome uh, preacher. He has a very unique but effective Style and certainly he uh, can grab the audience, and you know he grabs uh, young people as well as middle age and seniors. Uh, so certainly he has uh, something to say. Uh, stay tuned. Uh, tell your family, friends, neighbors once again. www.blogtalkradio.com/global-gospel and our call-in number six one nine nine two four. 0800. Stay tuned. There's a lifting of the hands.
guest for today, the Reverend Gregory Stannis Foss, who is the pastor of the St. John Baptist Church in Inwood, New York, in the five-town area. And certainly he has been sharing his experiences with uh, you and I, uh, the listening audience, as concerns uh, so many things that have affected our community um, and our world at large. Uh, Reverend Stanislaus, before we run out of time, I do want you to uh, give some, and that'll lead us into our next segment. Um, is there anyone that you uh, like would like to shout out on today? Because a lot of times we run out of time without shouting out all the important people. Uh, so who would you like to shout out on today? Wow. Uh, Don't get in trouble, but, you know. <laughs> I will get in trouble. <laughs> you know, I, I always shout out my family. My, I have one son, five daughters. I'm sorry, one son, four daughters, and five granddaughters. And my wife, great support. And uh, in terms of our church family, uh, the leadership, I shout out the leadership. They have not stopped for the whole year. And the one who keeps me in contact with every single thing that's going on in Inwood is, and people wonder, I live in Jersey. How do you know everything that's going on right? It's uh, my administrative assistant, uh, Sister Barbara Thompson, who's been with me now 24 years. And uh, I speak to her every single day. And every day I know exactly what's going on in the community and what, what's happening with different members and, and connected with our, our leadership. It's just amazing. She's amazing. And I love her. And, and we've been together 24 years, and we plan on being together a whole whole lot more. <laughs> That's it. Awesome. Uh, certainly. Uh, well, uh, we thank you for all those shout-outs. And let, let's see. Maybe maybe, maybe we, we can uh, – she can – Sister Thompson? Sister Thompson? All right. So well, maybe we'll try to come back. Yeah. Uh, Oh, there you are. Okay, all right. God bless you. Yep. How are you? I'm good. God, hello. Hello, everyone. God bless everyone. Hi, Pastor. Yes, 24 years. Don't you want another administrator now? I <laughs> know. Uh, we'll, we'll stick together. We're good. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, all Nephew right. Lamar, Reverend Lamar, good to hear you. I'm uh, just praying for the success, continued success of your program, and we're here at the community center, and everybody's listening. All right. Thank you. Well, shout out uh, to the community center in Inwood. What is the address there? 270 Lawrence Avenue in Lawrence, New York. And seven days a week we're here besides giving out the food at Gammy's Pantry along with the outreach ministry from St. John. They have Saturday events giving out food, clothing. So anyone that's in need can always come up to the Five Towns Community Center. All right. Thank you, Sister Thompson, a.k.a. Aunt Barbara, a.k.a. the world's greatest <laughs> administrator. <laughs> so thank you uh, and the people uh, at Inwood for sharing with us today. God bless. So, Reverend Stanislaus, so you shouted out uh, your family, uh, quite large. What is, uh, do you believe, God is saying to the family in this particular season? Um, loaded you know question, what? right? <laughs> it's pretty loaded, but you know what it has done because I, because we have a close family. And before we really get started, 
I just wanted to say in the five towns in that community center and Gammy's Pantry, a young, a young woman called Sasha Young has done a magnificent work. You know, in honor of her, of her grandmother, she started that pantry, and it is feeding over 500 people, I think, a day. And it's just amazing, and I thank God for her. We're able to de- make deliveries to her, and she makes sure it gets to all the people. So that's the type of partnership I'm talking about, Reverend Lamar, that we, we're able to, to do. And so God bless her. But in terms of family, um, we've always been a close family. But, you know, my girls have grown up. I have one. That's at uh, Columbia Law School. I have another in medical school. I have one who's a, a teacher, an ELA teacher in, um, in Brooklyn, and another one who's like uh, an ELA. No, she's in elementary school, so she's like an art teacher in elementary school. My wife's a principal, and my son develops property in, in Philadelphia with his five daughters and wife. So we, we're a close family, but this pandemic has really even brought us close on another level of how important family really is. You know, the time we're able to spend together or the time because of, you know, age and and being careful, the times we were not able to spend together over the holidays. I always loved uh, Juneteenth. That was taken away from us. We didn't have our dinner. We don't celebrate like Thanksgiving as a tradition because of it's the way it originated. But we come together to have dinner. We weren't able to do that. And even over the Christmas holidays, we couldn't do the things that we established as tradition. But we've been close together, you know, we're close together as a family and appreciate life, really appreciate life, uh, Reverend Lamar. And I'm going to tell you this, it was very personal, and and I believe it's going to be a part of the new ministry, it will be a part of the new ministry in terms of men's health, because um, it was Kobe, it was COVID, and then it was cancer, that I was diagnosed with that in uh, prostate cancer in um, September of uh, 2020 and uh, decided to go through the full, through full surgery and thank God everything has been removed. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm cancer free, you know, caught everything early. And that's the key that I'm going to uh, really push that all men make sure they get their, their, their health checked, that they go to the urologist, that they make sure because it's very aggressive in men of color. And I, I'm speaking to the women too, because women have great influence. They can make sure their husbands, their boyfriends, the loved ones, their sons and nephews will go and get checked out. And so my daughters are on me 24-7. I just want you to know that. And so it has been an experience, but we have grown closer together because of the experiences that have come out of this whole pandemic. You know, just take care of your health. At the end of the day, that is probably, it is the most important thing. And in terms of empathy for people, I mean, I didn't think it could, but lying in bed and and just wondering what tomorrow holds and being in prayer and faith, you realize that when we visit people, when we talk to people and and have empathy for people who are going through difficult times, who have lost loved ones, that is not just something we pray for you and walk away. Be there, be a voice, be a listener, you know, and and just increasing the level of empathy that we have for people. And I, I see that happening in my family. I see it happening in the church. And I hope it happens in the church universal beyond. Uh, yeah, that's about it. <laughs> awesome. Um, so, and you, and I told you he's an awesome uh, preacher. So he actually just snuck a sermon in there. If those of you that missed it, he said it was, he had three points. There was Kobe, there was COVID and there was cancer. And so he, he just, <laughs> he just, he said a, a whole lot. 
in a little bit of time. And I always tell people, um, and what everyone says about the whole COVID situation is that it was on the, the page of the newspaper at the same time as the Kobe Bryant situation. But right. ev- everybody missed it. It was like, it was, it was almost like a distracted. We were so distracted by one thing that we didn't really realize what was going on in another area of our lives on a, on a large scale. And so, um, as you said about, uh, you know, health awareness, no matter what's going on, we have to be uh, well-rounded um, in, in our personal lives as well as the world at large to, you know, what, to see what's going on and what, what is God telling me and what is the message and how can I be effective and fruitful. And so um, uh, thank you for that. Um, once again, we have a few minutes, 619-924-0800. Um, so with our remaining minutes, uh, Reverend Stanis was, uh, tell our uh, listeners um, your service times uh, virtually, of course, and, you know, your upcoming Easter service. Okay. You know, we, we meet every Sunday. We have an 8 o'clock prayer, prayer line, and then we, uh, at 10 o'clock, we, I go Facebook Live. We have a virtual service, and I'm telling you, it's it's really somewhere between 25 and 30 minutes, something that people can really grab onto a word and just take it throughout the, the rest of the week. It kind of leaves you with an assignment of something you can do, you know, uh, your personal worship experience. How, what does that look like throughout the week? You know, just practical things that people need to, to enhance their life, because I think people have come to the, to, the, to the conclusion that being in their families, being in their homes, that's where worship really should be taking place. That's where the prayer power should be taking place so that when we go into the congregation and, and with others, we already we have already been serving him, already been lifting him up, and, and what an explosion of worship that will be, you know. So at 10 o'clock we do that, and um, moving forward, I will continue to post all the different services. That's really the service we have, and I'll continue to post all the different events we will be taking place. Um, Resurrection Sunday will be the same. We'll start at um, uh, 9:45, and we'll the service will go up at 10, and then we will um, we'll get out by 11, 11 tops, about an hour and 15 minutes of service. Yeah. Awesome. So yeah. those of those of you that uh, are not uh, do not have any obligations to your uh, church home, uh, certainly we want you to uh, visit and. Uh, observe all guidelines and uh, visit uh, the St. John Baptist Church in Inwood. And we uh, once I uh, personally thank you, Reverend Stanislaus. Um, he talked about his uh, interactions with young people, but uh, he has uh, also opened the pulpit of the St. John Baptist Church to many young preachers, uh, myself included. And uh, even if he's not there, he's like, I'm not going to be here, but I trust that you'll do the right thing and so we thank you uh, personally uh, for that uh, for always being a voice of encouragement and reason uh, mm-hmm. to many uh, young people and also having an open door because um, a lot of people have <laughs> stories about older older people or, or senior uh, senior ministers that aren't so pleasant uh, but uh, when his name is called it's you know it's always pleasant and so uh, we thank you for that. Uh, once again, we thank you, uh, Reverend Stanislaus, for sharing with us this Saturday afternoon, uh, 619-924-0800. We're on um, Google Play, 
We're on Spotify. We're on Apple iTunes. And, of course, we're on Block Talk Radio. I thank you, Sister Melody Stevenson. Uh, she uh, sent us a message. It is very nice uh, that uh, that uh, for the daily help of the community, uh, so for about the community center. So uh, we thank you, Sister Mel, uh, for your comment. Uh, remind uh, listeners that you can also leave a comment on our Block Talk uh, page as well. Again, we thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, we're going to take a brief break, and Reverend Stanislaus is going to. Uh, close us out in uh, prayer uh, for this uh, Saturday afternoon. Stay tuned. Again, thank you, all of our listeners. Once again, I uh, I believe I I'm not sure I shouted out Third Lounge, but thank you Third Lounge as well. Uh, if you see our posting uh, with uh, Reverend Stanislaus' picture and uh, information on Global Gospel, uh, that is thanks to uh, Third Lounge. So thank you Third Lounge again. Thank you everyone, Reverend uh, Stanislaus. Your closing. Uh, prayer and send us off for the uh, will do thank you so much i want to thank everyone for this opportunity i I counted it great i really do i know you could have anybody on but thank you so much for reaching out to me but also reverend lamar congratulations on the work that you're doing and in such an innovative way and such a way that will reach so many people so god bless you let us pray dear father once again we thank you so much for this opportunity you allowed us to come together in this venue where we can lift up to your son's name jesus christ at the same time we can uh, fill ourselves with knowledge and power so that we can move beyond and share with someone else in our community the power of god's word we realize is in its application so when we hear the word when we're inspired when a small voice speaks to each and every one of us because we're all children of God, that we bring it out and we inspire someone else. We may not be able to give them money, but we can give them love, that we can give them encouragement, that we can lift somebody up. And in this time in which we're living, in this country in which we're living with such division and racial tension, we need to draw ourselves together and lift each other up. Father, we thank you so much for allowing us to read a word that will inspire us in ways that is relevant to a new generation, to all generations, but to a generation that will draw them. We believe that you are attractive and that when we lift you up, we will draw all men, women, boys, and girls onto yourselves. Father, we ask for a hedge of protection around Lamar, Reverend Lamar, and his, his ministry, around everyone, and the sound of my voice, around everyone who is inspired to do something good, to everyone who's about to give birth to a ministry that's going to touch someone's life. Father, we thank you so much. We pray for these things and all things in your son's name, Jesus Christ, our personal Lord and Savior. Amen. God bless you, man. Amen. Thank you. God bless you. There is nothing too hard for God.